1: What's up, buddy? I see you were in the garage studio again.
0: Yeah, this is the garage studio. When we do uh, Spirit of Time after dark, this is where it takes me. Um, make of that whatever you will, but uh, this is the, the setting. This is the environment.
1: That is super fly digs. I, I'm i not going to lie. This is going to sound kind of dopey, but I, I'm kind of jealous because my garage is like drafty and you know i am be fighting off the spiders, but I definitely need to be, I think, you know, planning on moving out there and, and making sure I have like a, a repeater, router repeater out there or something for good Wi Fi. Well,
0: I'll tell you what, my buddy um Ike, uh Isaac, Ike made this. Ike made this too. Um he's such a good photographer and uh just a really cool guy. And uh he sent me some um, behind the scenes shots that he did recently. And he's got a, a, a neat little lighting set up in his garage. And I was so jealous. I'm, I told him that's my next endeavor is to take some of this and dedicate it to, to some of this, uh, you know, to our hobby and, and some of those things I just have no space in the house to do.
1: Oh yeah. That's a hundred percent. That needs to be done. I've got, um, I, well, you've, I don't know if that you've been over to see my garage, but I mean, I have, you know, a, what amounts to a carriage house, like that's how it's permitted, for the city. So like, I can't put a car in there and I have a tilt up garage door. And when we redid the house, the city was going to make me retro and pull that off and put the original barn doors back on it. Cause they're like, no, you're supposed to have a buggy in there. You can't have a car in there. So you can't have an actual garage door. And yeah, so it's, it's tiny. It's yeah, not really, I, I know ex-
0: I have a couple of those in my neighborhood too. And I think my garage is, is probably after the construction date of my house. So that's probably why it's a not quite a two car. It's like a fake two car, but it's it's bigger than that um, than the one you're describing. I'm having my own battle right now with permits, um, so I don't really want to get into it because I, I know we're going to have a fun evening tonight. I don't want my blood blo- my blood to boil.
1: Yeah, well, we wouldn't want to talk about that too much anyway. Um, and hey, you know what? Let's just let's cut right to the chase. We have a guest tonight waiting in the wings, and we're stoked, especially since we had to put this off for a week just due to some unforeseen circumstances. And today, we are joined by. Sam, Sam, you're gonna to have to help me with your last name, but Sam and her watch box.
2: <laughs> yes, hey, my full name is Sam. And my last name is Springlemeyer. It looks, okay. it's you say it just the way it looks. Yeah.
1: <laughs> okay. I think
0: What's it's per- the- I think it's perfect um, consonation. It's so good.
2: It's it's very uh, it's German, so that's why it's so like beautiful sounding. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, I love my last name. I uh, I think it, it just goes. Goes with me. It's, it's, I had to get over, you know, the kids kind of were growing up being really mean about it. Yeah. But now I'm just like, yeah, that's my last name. Deal with it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Embrace it. You will yeah. like it. I yes. like it. You will like it. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Well, I think a lot of people who listen are going to know you from what I think is a really cool and colorful kind of uh, your feed, your presence on IG really good stuff. I think a lot of people will probably have heard you. You've been on a number of other podcasts, but we actually only met you fairly recently. So Greg and I were introduced or bumped into you at the recent Seiko event and this was toward the end of last year at Feldmar here in Los Angeles. And Greg and I immediately were like we got to talk to her. So <laughs> thanks for coming on with us.
2: Yeah, thank you. I I appreciate you how you say my collection is. I totally agree. It's very colorful, very fun. Um, not really like one type of brand collection going on. It's whatever I like. And yeah, it was so nice to, to bump and meet you. It was, it was fun.
0: That was a great event that we just, I, I, you know, we saw old friends that we just haven't been able to see, you know, with everything given, right. These, you know, of, of late and, and, and made new friends and people that, you know, on IG, or you bump yeah. into on social media and all of a sudden you're like, Oh my gosh, it's you in a real person. Yes. And it's just That was a really fun time. And those, I missed those events. I think they're hopefully right around the corner again.
2: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. I, that's funny because that night I, I wore my light blue Seiko person. Yes. and everyone that ever like follows me and actually gets to meet me, um, they notice me by that watch always for some reason. It's not normally any other watch. They always think, "I know you. Well, I I follow some someone that has that watch. Is that you?" And I was like, "Yeah, that that is me." And they're like, "I love that watch." And I was like, "Oh, thanks." So yeah, that's really, it's really funny to get to meet actual people behind the Instagram, their name or whatever.
0: Yeah, and I, I love too that it. you have a, a collection, and particularly you know a couple of watches that people immediately associate to you, which mm-hmm. is really cool too.
2: Yeah, it's funny. It, it, to me, it's funny at first, but it, I, it's really cool to finally like get to actually talk to people about it um, of why I got it or why I love it so much, and you know, and, and they kind of want it too, so it's cool.
1: Yeah, yeah, Greg, I stepped on you a second ago. Sorry about that, but I was about to say at Feldmore, I think I recognized your wrist across the room. And it, I would say 100%. I'm an example of that. I was like, I i know that wrist. I know that watch. That's a super cool watch. I'd love to get that watch for my wife. Yeah. It's very, very cool.
2: Yeah. It's its one of my favorites. I, they came out with it last year, um, I think like in April or I forget, May. I, I ended up like just having to really go search for it. Um, it's technically a limited edition. And so it's a little bit harder to find. Um, especially for not an outrageous price because the lovely people in this community like to buy watches and then mark them up for three times their value. So that's what I was encountering. And I was like, okay, look, I'm in, I'm in college right now. I don't want to spend three times the amount on this watch of all things. So I just had to really do some research research and, and dig. And I finally, finally got it for an actual reasonable price. So that worked out.
0: That, that had a happy ending, which is always nice to hear. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Totally. Usually I was, yeah, I was kind of convinced once I, like I said, once I saw it, I knew I had to have it. So I was determined, this is my watch, whether I'm going to get it now or, you know, six months from now, whatever.
0: Well, I'm looking forward to hearing about, you know, the rest of your, of your collection and also kind of what's piquing your interest these days. But before we get too far along, I think, uh, I think the three of us should, should do a wrist check and, and, uh, and see what, you know, what's in the glass, if we have anything going on too. So Sam is our guest of honor. Tell us, um, what's on your wrist and, and if you're sipping on anything tonight.
2: Yes. Yeah, so on my wrist, I have my Cartier Tank.
0: Oh, so good.
2: A few days ago. Um, so me, and my boyfriends, we, we share our watches, we go half. That's one of the great things about having your partner that's also into watches and also like uh, the total downfall of you. Um, <laughs> because when you're like, I kind of want this watch and you're like, oh, well, I do too. And then you think, okay, well, half of this price isn't that much. <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> so,
0: right. So, the mental gymnastics are easier.
2: Yes, exactly. It's like, well, shoot, should I pay all of this amount or maybe we can go half? So that works out, right? Um, so yeah, wearing this one, it's, uh, it's really nice. It's one of the, it's technically one of the, the large sizes, but it, it's like, it's perfect size. Um,
0: it fits your wrist perfectly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And by no means is it too big or, or too, too small. I know the women's versions are are really small, so this is a great size for both of us. Um, yeah, just really, really enjoying it so far. And as far as when I'm drinking, I just came back from dinner. I was at the smoke house in Burbank. And I was sipping on some Cosmopolitans, <laughs> so, <laughs> so I—that is all I have right now. But just enjoyed the night. Yeah.
0: Yes, yes. I think you <laughs> definitely started off a pregame stronger than maybe Matt and I did. <laughs> yeah. So tell us, can you tell us where you picked up the um, the tank from, uh, or how you or how you came about it? I know you probably did some searching and, and digging around.
2: Yeah, we we looked around. Um, Realized like, yeah, this is the perfect size and all that kind of stuff. And then uh, we just actually went to the Cartier uh, boutique.
0: Beautiful. On, on Great experience. And
2: yeah, it was re- the lady that helped us out was really, really nice. And it was nice because that one was the last one um, that they had on at the store. So perfect timing. And yeah, it was, it was great. Really good. That's a to uh, walk in and
0: walk out with the Cartier bag. That's yes. a good, that's a very good visit.
2: Well, have you, you, like you've, I've heard that some people are having hard times finding specific models lately. Yeah. Um, so we were kind of nervous, like, Oh, well, hopefully this visit isn't, you know, for nothing, but yeah, it worked out. So really, Cartier really Cartier is
0: having time. a moment as they say. Yes.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. yeah, totally. I know that, um, you know, even, I want to say it's the, uh, the solar, right. That's, that's yes. absolutely. I think, uh, you know, there's a, a huge logistics c- like crush for that watch right now. So that's a good thing that you were able to get that. And like Greg said, you know, walk in, walk out yeah. and not have a, either a wait list situation the way you get with some brands or frankly, just having to wait a long time to have mm-hmm. it be fulfilled. Yeah. So that's good news. Cool. Yeah. What do you guys think? I have wearing? a question though. Is oh, that is that particular model you mentioned? It's a, a larger model. Does it have a second hand, or is it you know two hander?
2: It's just the two hander. It's the quartz. Okay. So it's just the I guess the the most basic uh, tank you can get, but it's great. I mean, I personally don't have any beef with quartz. Some people will you know blow blow you up for <laughs> liking quartz. I don't care. I mean, it's 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 more accurate than anything I have in my collection right now. So what's the, you know, what's the point? So I like it. Um, it, yeah, it's so, it's so simple and gorgeous all at the same time. It will, it's just like a really nice dress wash. And that's something that I really lean towards, uh, more than more sporty models, I guess. That's just who I am. I think it looks yeah. better and, um, it's fun to change the straps. We've, we've been like changing the straps on it. Um, blues look like lighter blues, look really good on it. Um, this one is on a, let me see. Yes, it's on a Veblenist wa- uh, strap. Mm, I've
0: yep. heard those are very nice. Those I've are really, seen pictures.
2: Yeah, so this is a just a black leather. It's more. It's like a textured leather. It's not like just smooth. So it has a really nice look to it. Uh, yeah, we, we really like this one's a fun one to change strap. It's a it's a 19 millimeter, but we have so many 19s at this point that it's okay.
0: <laughs>
1: if it yeah. really,
2: You asked me when I was first collecting, like, oh, it's a 19? What? But now we have enough. We know between our our collections then it's okay
0: yeah yeah i was talking with our friends at hovigs uh natalie and everybody the other day and and i was just you know make, making that comment that when you can go in between when your straps can go in between everything basically it's like the best feeling in the world you're yes. like universal fit <laughs>
2: i think i don't remember what my first watch was that was like a weird 19 millimeter but i was so disappointed i was like you mean i have to buy like a million more straps just for this watch But now I'm just like, eh, it's okay. I have
1: have them. You get to buy a million more straps.
0: (laughs) There you go. Yeah. Right? That's the glass half full perspective. Right, right. Matt, tell us what's on your wrist and and, uh, if you have anything in the glass.
1: Well, hey, man, we met our guest Sam at the Seiko event. So I figured, hey, this would be fun to wear a Seiko that I don't wear as often as I probably should, especially considering how cool it is and how relatively new in my collection it is. And this is the... I don't know if you can kind of see this in the uh in the camera. This is the Seiko Pressage, the Sharp Edge GMT. So, this is the kind of that copper brown dial. This is it's not an LE, but it's a special edition. So, this is a boutique only edition. And Feldmar is you know a, uh, a boutique for Seiko, and they've got all the good stuff. Um, just as an aside, I mean, Feldmar has you know, the, the best events basically here in LA, but also I think, you know, one of the best selections like across the board of the cool stuff. And they always kind of treat me like, you know, a VIP access guy, even though I am, I'm very much like a run of the mill guy. And, you know, I was fortunate enough to, to be able to get one of these, you know, right out the gate without having to wait. So thanks Feldmar. Very good stuff. So yeah, it's a cool watch. Um, I I don't know why there isn't more heat on these. This is a, you know, for, for way less than $2,000, this is a, a, you know, a quote unquote, I'm making the air quotes here, folks that, you know, a true jumping hour, you know, flyers GMT, um, in a mechanical movement, you, you don't see that very often. And I, I really am happy that Seiko decided to bring that out and, you know, put that in a, an attainable watch for a lot of people.
0: How long have you had it now? Probably coming up on what, like eight or 10 months maybe?
1: Yeah, you know what? I would say spring of last year. So yeah, it's probably close to a year.
0: Yeah, I'm surprised
2: more people, at least when I saw them first come out, I really liked the the chocolatey brown dial because I feel it could be a hit or miss with brown dials. It could be just way too dark and and no real complexity to them. But I've seen that one too. I think it was at Feldmar. that it just stands out, it shines. It has good like light when when it captures the light, it looks really good. So yeah, it's a good pickup for sure.
1: So yeah, if I if I had any kind of issue with it is well, it's really two things. One, the architecture on this watch, it's forty two, so it's not it's not huge, but unlike most Seikos, it wears forty two, so it wears its size. So it's a little bigger. You know, basically, you want to have a, maybe a little bit bigger wrist. The other thing is, I think um, to your point, Sam, the brown dial on this. Is especially on the bracelet is a little blingy. Like I found myself thinking, like, okay, on the bracelet it looks, frankly, a little nicer. Mm-hmm. You know, the presentation is like maybe you'd wear it with something, certainly not formal. It's a big watch. It's a sport watch. But I, I bought it for you know kind of its sporting pretensions or whatever. So I actually I don't know if you can see this, but I I took it off the strap and put it on kind of my trademark like mil-spec OD, nice. you know, gre- green NATO and. I don't know. I kind of like it, so I'm going to run with it for a while and see how it uh, how it goes. Anyway, so that's what's on the wrist in the glass. I've got, um, you know, you, Greg. I don't know if you remember this, but uh, this was something that our friend Brian poured for me at the High West Saloon. So this is um, Barrel Spirits Seagrass.
0: Yes, I remember that very specifically.
1: Yeah. So I, um, a buddy of mine actually gave me a bottle of this just out of the blue, like as kind of a Christmas gift, sort of a thing. And you know, I, I was kind of shocked cause I, I rarely see it, you know, available in stores or whatever. And I was like, I've had that. It's really good. <laughs> Thanks man. So yeah, this is a, a rye whiskey. Um, and it is in uh Martinique rum and Madeira casks. So that's how they kind of set it down. And it comes out, I think it's about 60%, like 59 point something, something.
0: Now we're talking.
1: So yeah, it's, it's you know, packs a punch.
0: So How we're, you, you know, we're we're up late, you know, the, usually we record in, a little early in the afternoon, Sam. And so, you know, we have like a drink or two and and sort of just ease into things. And the last time we did the late one, I can't remember what Matt was pouring, but we were with Brodinky. And by the end of it, I think Matt was feeling pretty good. And so the fact that he's got this 60% pour, um, I, I think things are looking up for us all. That's
2: great.
1: Yeah, I think I was almost hammered by the end of the, the Bro Dinky episode. <laughs> That's I mean, how I
2: felt. I did a podcast with the uh, Whiskey and Watches. And uh, I was I don't remember I don't remember what I was drinking, let's say that much. Um <laughs> but I by the end of it I was like, "Oh my god." Like we start we ended up talking like way like way after um, we stopped recording. And then I just kind of looked over at the time. I was like, "Oh my god." I gotta go, guys. <laughs> I didn't <laughs> know where the time went. It was really funny. So I, I can relate. I've been there,
0: on a podcast. Post game, the post game show went long.
2: <laughs> yep,
1: that's great. That's great. Right on. Well, Greg, well, how about st- you, bud?
0: I'll stick with the Seiko theme. Um, I actually have this on loan from Matt right now. This is the uh, his Seiko, you know, SPB, uh, one forty three, um, or excuse me, one forty three or one forty nine. Matt, the blue dial.
1: The one forty nine.
0: 149. The 143 is the gray, right?
1: Yeah, I believe so. Gray or You're maybe right. a gilt.
0: Yeah, the reason I get I get confused for just for the time being was I I, I threw it on this um, B and R bands um, bond elastic, you know, parachute, basically oh, kind fun. of like their original kind of look. And it this this would be tailor made for the 143 for sure because I think it has that like grayish dial, but it works really well on this too, even though it's a blue dial. Just the overall kind of aesthetic with the black bezel. And, um, I just have been looking for a reason to throw this, uh, this old nylon, you know, sort of elastic band on, but, uh, yeah, I love this watch. I, I, I love when Matt lends it to me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so fun. Dude, it's a good one in the
0: glass. Yeah, it's a great one in the glass. Our friends from Overtown over, uh, down, just down the 210 in Monrovia. This is the, um, cafe de Oya. So Matt was there a couple weeks ago and told me he was loving the Irish stout. And so I popped in and I was tasting a few things before I decided what to bring home. And, um, and the recommendation was, uh, um, Carlos had re- had really enjoyed this one recently was the cafe de Oya, which was, I think maybe a derivative of that Irish stout that you have, but um, it's got a, 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 a little bit more of the coffee and vanilla kind of profile to it. And it's uh check it in at 5.2%. This is tasty guys. This is really good.
2: Oh, we got a live, a live crack. <laughs>
0: I was waiting for that one. I
2: like it.
1: Nice. That pours well. Well, hey, while Greg is doing that, Sam, we're actually kind of on a mission. We have a, a couple of specific things to talk to you about. But before we do that, can you kind of give us an update? I mean, I think people who've sort of followed you know that for the past couple of years, right, you've been a student. But I think that chapter of yeah. your life is done. What's Where are you now? What are you doing? Are you back in California for good?
2: Yes, I am in California. I'm from California. Born and raised. Um, but yeah, I was in college. I moved out of state to Colorado to go to college, save some money because unfortunately UC schools here and Cal State schools are really expensive. So, um, it was the best option to move out of state because, uh, this, I went to UNC, University of Northern Colorado, which is north of Denver. Um, they had like an agreement between like West Coast states where tuition was almost pretty close to like in state. Um, and so I saved money in the long run moving over there. Um, so yeah, that was a really fun experience. I have my degree in theater and it was great. The school is known for having a great theater program and actually taking people places with that degree. Um, and I really do feel like I learned so much, not just my emphasis was acting. Um, you know, I learned a lot about tech stuff, um, how to hang lights, how to do props, all that kind of things where I can actually use in real life. Because when a studio asks you, "Oh, can you hang a light?" you you don't say no. You say, "Yes, I can," because I actually do, and that's how you get hired, and it's how you get known, you know you you know people. So I do feel like it was a great experience. COVID definitely put a huge just. Wrench and everything. Um, I started in the fall of 2018 there and 2020 happened and everything just fell apart. So I had about like a year and a half of like an actual experience of college, um, until I was just basically fully online because especially for my theater classes, they had to be in person. There's no way kind of about it, um, to, you know, to actually learn the skills that they're trying to teach. So, it sucked that everything was converted online and, you know, they were never prepared for this, the, you know, they never were able to talk, uh, teach this stuff before like this. So it was really weird. Um, I didn't I, I feel like I didn't enjoy school as much online. Um, I specifically moved there for this program and then the world kind of stopped and I was like, well, I don't I don't want to just go online. You know, it, it just kind of took the fun out of uh, the school experience, but I still got to graduate early, which was really exciting, um, which made me be able to move back early uh, to California as well. So I graduated uh, last summer, got my degree, and been back ever since, been enjoying the California sunshine. I do not miss the snow or the cold or the ice. If any of you have ever visited or lived outside of California you'll know that the cold is cold out there <laughs> <laughs> it's not like here when we complain it's cold it's completely different
0: so can you confirm or deny because I always hear this from anybody that's either lived or lives in Colorado they always tell us we get more days of sunshine than anywhere else than California included is that true you've that, been there now
2: that's that's such a bull it's not <laughs> it's it's just it's cold it's it's very, very cold. It's like six months out of the year. It's winter and, you know, rainy, snowy, icy. I don't believe the summers are are very nice and warm. That is the one thing for sure. But then you have the random like summer thunderstorms that come. So I don't believe they have more sunshine. I remember when <laughs> I, I took my school like tour before I actually went there, um, a few months before I actually moved, me and my parents went out. Uh, to do a tour, and that was one of the pitches. Oh, we have 350 days of sunshine. I was like, get out of here with this. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't believe anything. Yeah, so it's not true. Um, yeah, it's, it's okay. Really, it's really cold and cloudy, and like right now, if you heard, like half the U.S. is like full of snow right now. And I was texting my friend that's in Colorado still, and she said that like it's like 10 inches of snow right now. Just craziness. Can't leave the house. So. There
0: you go, Mythbusters edition on yep. uh, Spirit of Time this week. Yes, Co- Colorado does not have more no. days of sunshine than California.
2: Absolutely. <laughs>
0: well,
1: I'm sure if you go to the top of the cloud deck, you know, if you, <laughs> once you you know penetrate the clouds, the sh- sun is shining up there. I
2: guess it's true then.
1: Yeah. Right. But then <laughs> technically, it's, that's, then it's true everywhere. Well, you yeah, might be wearing
0: probably some heavy duty wristwear at that point too.
1: True. Yeah. Right. Right. A hundred percent. Well, so the other piece, though, that we know about, and really, this is kind of what we're hoping to explore with you a little bit, is the other thing that you're involved with. I mean, you other um, things, yeah, really. I guess that's plural. But um, can you tell us about WatchCrunch? What what is this? Why would somebody, you know, be interested in this? And and what's your role there?
2: Yeah, for sure. So, as of probably like a little over a month ago, um, I started to. Be more involved with watch crunch i do a lot of their like social media um, interview stuff on the website it's a website that is for all watch lovers to talk about literally anything or just to post a watch or what they just got whatever it's just an open really nice community of watch nerds if you ever just happen to uh log on and see what what it's about it's fun and it's main thing is is a very open community there's no negativity there's no bullying that you can see on pretty much any other platform um that have the watch community on it um as which is really refreshing in my mind because my my first initial kind of dip into this community was like through like facebook groups and reddit groups and oh my gosh those people are I feel the worst people on the planet. Like they're so <laughs> mean. They're so mean with anything you ever post or say, you, you know, and especially cause like, I think on my Facebook, I have a picture of me and my boyfriend as my profile picture. So anything I posted, they would try to grill him because they thought I, cause it might, it's just Sam on, on my profile. So they thought it, I was a dude and they're like, oh, you need a bigger watch. That's a women's watch. I was like, well, buddy, you are correct. (laughs) (laughs) That is right. So it was just like, it was so negative all the time. And that made me not want to be involved in anything, you know, whether it was just like a simple wrist check or, you know, an opinion, you know, if someone asked an opinion, you wouldn't get berated for it. Where that's not like that on watch crunch. I feel I haven't encountered anything. And, uh, it's just a, a really fun, fun place to be. And uh, I've been interviewing people all throughout the community. I've only done a, a few interviews so far. Um, and just getting to know the people more, what they do, kind of what their specific roles are, you know, whether it's just if they they sell. I actually interviewed Jimmy from Feldmar.
0: Ah, oh, friend of the pod. Great. Exactly. Yeah, we yeah. Jimmy. So I
2: got to, you know, I asked very, like, broad questions of, oh, what got you in this community? What does your collection look like? And then I go, well, to Jimmy, what's it like selling watches? What got you into that? Why, why do you like that? What's what's the best part of your job? And so it, it's fun to get to know people like that on a, on a different level. Um, it's just fun. And so been doing that for about a month. Um, it's It's been really fun getting to post, getting to get people's feedback. It's normally really nice. Um so,
0: yeah, it's been really fun. That's really cool. I think, um, gosh, listening to sort of your introduction to, you know, watch collecting in the community, I would be like, forget this, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> I love it. This is fun. But you all suck. You know, yes. it's, it's, it says a lot about you that you wanted to be able to still find cool people and, and like minded people and people that were more kind of, um, you know, accessible and less, mm-hmm. I guess, shitty. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, I never started in the Facebook groups. It's funny, you know, Matt talks about the good old days in the forums. I dabbled a little on the forums, but they were already, I was already sort of past that peak, I guess, when it was really the heyday. And so I really started in an Instagram. And it's really the only basis, you know, mm-hmm. reference point that I have. And so hearing about these other communities is is interesting and, and somewhat terrifying. Uh, outside of Watch Crunch, of course. I mean, Reddit yeah. and Facebook. Oh yeah, and the scary places. Yeah, yeah, the scary ones. The yeah. dark places, the dark I, corners.
2: I really wish that like something like Yeah, Watch Crunch was available when I was wanting to do like the social media aspect of the, the whole collection and everything. Because yeah, in a way, I was kind of just turned off from everything. I was like, why, why, why am I going to do this? There's no point. Everyone's just going to have something really shitty to say about something I like, which I'm glad I have, you know, thick skin, but it's just, yeah, it's not a good initial feeling. Whereas, the people on this site are very welcoming, very, they will hype you up, (laughs) you know, to whatever you're, you're wearing or whatever question you have a a good chunk of the the posts. I feel like are are just like questions like, what do you think about this? I'm thinking of, you know, Tudor versus Omega. What what are your thoughts? Or I put out like a question saying, uh, what are some good go-to strap companies you guys like to switch out your straps with? And I got so many, like so many really great responses that really helps me so you know it's not like no negativity is involved which is nice and that's what you want to see
0: no no eye roll emojis with a please yeah. refer to the earlier link in another thread yes exactly <laughs> yeah.
2: why would you ask this yeah, yeah it's yeah.
0: totally
2: different so it's really really nice and refreshing and if you haven't checked it out just just check it out you know see if what you. i think matt like and i both see. signed
0: up right matt matt you you were in it a little while ago yeah
1: Yeah. I, have signed up recently. I'm interested to kind of spend more time and learn how to navigate it. Um, it is, the format is a little bit different. And Mm -hmm. so it may just be that being an old kind of geezer, you know, I don't know how to use it compared to, you know, some of the, I don't know how to describe it, but you know, a more standard formatted fora, you know, so, you know, the watch you seek or, um, MWR or, you know, my favorite dive watch connection. But, um, what I actually found as an aside, I didn't tell you I was going to ask this, but I mean, it just sort of accidentally perusing what I found first was not the, the application of, you know, the, the, the landing page, but the, the videos on YouTube. So Max's watch crunch sort of branded video series and you know, his, his production quality is good. I'm it's assuming really is good. he, is he one of the principals for, you know, for the company, for the enterprise?
2: Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, part of my, like my role with, uh, the website is to get people onto the podcast for him to interview and things. So I haven't actually talked to him too much, but, uh, he does follow, I follow me on Instagram and stuff. So he does get to see my, my stuff, but, um, yeah, I really do enjoy his, his videos. He puts up some really quality stuff that uh, I think he put out. Which one? Was it Grand Seiko the other day? I think it's the Tudor. Pelagos. Yeah, really fun stuff. Um, but yeah, it's it's such a, a fun experience to uh, get to reach out to more people and see people like Max that have done this. He's good at what he does, <laughs> so it's nice yeah. to, to see.
0: No, that's yeah, cool you. yeah that's how i found it too i, I think I, I had i started i actually didn't really dive all the way into youtube until very recently and all of a sudden i started finding myself really f- connecting and finding all these great content creators i mean the big ones obviously right you know that you know bark and jacks etc but then all of a sudden Damn. i found max i'm like wow this is really really good and then the the watch crunch piece appeared like sort of after the fact. And I'm like, whoa, oh, I thought, I thought this was a different thing. And like, so then it, was, it became on my radar. Mm-hmm. And then I saw, you know, when you were attached to it too, I'm like, oh, okay, I better pay attention to, to this. And so that's, it was kind of fortuitous that we were to speak with you and learn more about it.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of fun. Um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's like I said, total refreshing way of, of talking about watches and just that it is a different type of community like i said if I, I feel like a lot of people that i know said the same thing they started out on facebook and then just had all this negativity and they of course they kind of shrugged it off but i've been getting people that have joined they're like well if this was my first experience with online watch stuff it'd be very different i wouldn't yeah. be so negative you know thinking so yeah
0: well, I sent two friend requests out, so hopefully, I have some friends soon on Watch Crunch.
2: Did you? Did you friend me? I think you just me.
0: literally hours ago. Oh,
2: okay, okay, make sure I didn't like delete you or something. Like, nah.
0: Swipe wrong.
1: Yeah, no, thank you. Well, yeah, I think this is a good, I think like an object lesson though for people, right? That you have the. The opportunity to opt out of the stuff that you don't like, and that's right. Yeah, know, surprise, surprise,
0: you don't have to participate in something, you don't have right. to complain about it. Yes. Sam. Yeah,
1: we did it in an episode of two or three episodes back just about the kind of the state of things in, in the watch collecting community in the watch world right now, and just how, in some areas, you know, not everything, right? But in some places, it just it can feel really oppressive, really negative. So much hype right now. In fact, we're going to circle back on this in a minute. I've got a, a question for you about it, but there's other things you can do. There's other brands you can look into. There's other, you know, platforms and outlets to talk to people. Hopefully, obviously, hopefully we'll be back, you know, doing things live more frequently. Um, and you know, that's a a good way I think to kind of short circuit the crap. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Uh, no, absolutely, and you know we don't have to get too political on it. But people like to cancel everything these days. Guess what? You just don't have to turn it on, or you could just yeah. not opt into something. You know, you, you don't like Spotify or whatever. Then don't log into Spotify. I don't yeah. know. You're like whatever.
2: Yeah, you don't like my wash, then then cool. Don't move on. You don't have to like it. You don't have to comment it. I, I would love to know like the thought process of people that do that. They're like, yeah. you know what? They really deserve my opinion today. <laughs> I need to ruin their day by saying this looks terrible or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. I don't
0: get it. I think you guys, you guys nailed it. I mean, there's, there's sort of these two parallel, but connected buckets that a lot of people have been talking about lately. And I think we all have been having these conversations either together or in other groups that we kind of uh, uh, participate in, but there's sort of the, the craziness of the watch world, right. And all the, you know, the hype culture, you know, it's kind of one bucket, which is kind of frustrating for a number of people. And then the sort of toxicity, I guess, that can exist. And those aren't like, they're not, be, you know, connected entirely, but they there's a lot of overlap. And so it's just an interesting time to discuss both of those things. A yeah, well, so more fun stuff. <laughs> sorry, Greg. I'm, and positive I'm, things.
1: I'm, I'm stepping all over you, bud. Go for it. What's your question?
0: Well, no, I was just going to, so, uh, you know, Sam let us know. And of course we've been, you know, asking her questions leading up to, is you know, other things that she's involved in. And so I'm curious what else that you're doing, you know, what would you consider your, you know, your nine to five or some other, you know, watch related, you know, interests or pursuits or passions that you have?
2: Yeah. So my full-time job is I work at Brightling on Rodeo. Um, it's, it's a really, really fun job. It's a totally different climate selling watches. And then, you know, one thing like just as a hobby, actually selling—it's—it's uh, it's very different because you—you you meet so many different people, and it's Rodale, so it's—it's it's touristy. Meet all walks of life. You meet the people that know everything about watches and just want to grow their collection, or you get people that don't know anything about watches and they just thought, okay, let's start with this. You know, it's—that's what was eye-opening to me when I first started working. I don't know why I was just so blind thinking, Oh, these people will at least know something about watches, you know? And then I was totally wrong. I mean, there's people that don't know how to set their watch and it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I was, I'm being so mean that I didn't, I just assumed that I shouldn't, that's what I kind of learned in this job is just to not assume anything about people. Um, It's all walks of life. And it's really fun to get to know these people of why they wanted to buy this watch, whether it's a gift or, anniversary, just special occasion, or like I said, just they're a big time collector and they want to just keep growing their collection and they like what Breitling is putting out lately.
1: I think a lot of people like what Breitling is putting out lately. That's They've been just absolutely crushing. Actually so much so. There's been so much good stuff I think coming from them over the past maybe 24 to 36 months. I can picture these watches and you know, some of them are just incredible. Well, let me ask you, I mean, is there, if you're, this isn't putting you on the spot, but like, if you could just, if you could pick one thing from the case right now, that's going to be yours, what's occupying like a big spot in your imagination right now from Brightling?
2: It would have to be the 36 Karmat. I think mm. those are just fantastic. Um, they're, they're not Kurnos, which is like, they're supposed to be, that's the original design was, but Either way, it's not a, a deal breaker for me. I don't think I've ever used a chronograph <laughs> to time anything before. So it's, it's not a big deal to me. Um, but the size of it is fantastic. The colorways that they come in are amazing. My favorite is that mint green dial. It's so good. It's fantastic yes, it in person. Um, <laughs> I, I normally don't like diamonds in my watch, but I actually liked the diamond version 36 as well. It's, really killer. I think I just, um, I took a picture of it. I've seen it.
1: it. I think you have it up. Yeah. Yeah, It looks good.
2: A few days ago. Yeah. It's really, really nice. So I think anything in that line is fantastic. Um, I, I show it to everybody. I get some guys that of course have smaller wrists and they're like, I I can't, I can't do the 40 or 42. And I, I tell them like, try the 36 and, I always get people kind of weary of kinda of like, Well, is this a woman's watch? And I just go, It's a watch for everybody. If it fits you, it's your watch now. And they're like, Oh yeah, no, it does fit me. I was like, Yeah, that's that's perfect. That's it's your watch now. So I show it to everybody because I think it's a, a good size, um and it looks, it just looks good overall for an everyday occasion.
1: Well, I think you could tell anybody who has that kind of that perception you know, say, Hey, one of the best, most iconic overused word, right. Most classic, and probably one of the best selling watches in the luxury world for the past, you know, 50 plus years has been the Rolex Datejust 36 millimeter. And nobody bats an eye about yeah. that being a man's watch or a woman's watch or whatever. I have one. It's awesome. So does like half the world, I think. Oh yeah. Of course. has one of those. It's, you know, it's, it's a it's a great great watch and you know that breitling 36 chronomat which i we talked about this you know before recording that that pistachio or mint green or whatever colorway is called um is one of my favorite things that they make right now i like yeah. it i would have absolutely no problem wearing it it would be fantastic
0: yeah i think it's great i think it's great i think they did a, a cool um green green is in right obviously you know green is sort of the new black i guess but um I do think it's here to stay. I, I've been on record of saying that. I don't think it's a fad. Um, but they did—they did a green in their way, which I thought I really did appreciate. And yeah. um, and it's just a beautiful watch. I mean, how could you not look at that and appreciate from an aesthetics, you know, point of view what it looks like? I mean, it's just all around class. But it's you know got a sporty, still elegant look to it. It's awesome.
2: Yeah, it's a good one. And I, the other uh, pistachio green that they have is in the the premier line, which does have the chrono, Um more a little more dressy feel to it, but it's that one's one of my favorites too. It's gorgeous, forty millimeters, just great overall um, watch. Uh, we have a lot of people that come in looking for that one, and uh, we don't have it anymore. So sorry, guys.
0: Oh, that's interesting. That's yeah. that's yeah. I mean, I that's a good problem, but a problem. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I tried that one at Century City. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a cool watch too. I think you yeah. sent me
0: a wrist shot that day.
1: I might have, yeah, for sure. What, well, hey, you know, so one of the things I was going to ask you, Sam, is just now that you're back in Los Angeles, you know, what do you think of kind of the LA, you know, watch scene? Do you have any favorite places? Any favorite ads? I guess Breitling's probably at the top of that list, but of let me guess, Breitling Rodeo. Um, but yeah, what what are you kind of? How are you finding? this environment now that you're, you're back here, you know, is there any place that you'd recommend to people or what do you like?
0: Or groups that you like to.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very different. I used to be involved with red bar Denver when I was living in Colorado and it, that it's a very different scene. Um LA's a lot more bougie mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. Shocking. I know. Right. We wouldn't, we never thought. Um, so I feel like, the people in Denver were very different. They were, I don't know. Well, there were Denver. People are very nice, very, very open. I will say that about Colorado. They're very nice people. Um, which is a shock coming from Southern California where people are very rude. So <laughs> <laughs> that, that that's very different. Um, but in LA, like I said, it's, it's, you know, kind of more for the aesthetic and the, the brand name. We get people that I only collect, AP. I only collect Rolex, you know, and they, you know, they have these, which is good for them. Absolutely. That's amazing. Um, but then you do have the people that are like me and my boyfriend that have a good realm of things that they don't really necessarily go for just the name brands for the, the eye catching looks. It's like, I thought this was cool. So I got it. And that, that's really refreshing too. So I will say that it's a good, blend of people. Um, but it's, it's very, very different from when I was doing stuff in, in Denver. Um, it's fun though. It's, it's fun to show people like things they've never seen before, because sometimes, like I said, they're very like one brand mindset. So I have this, uh, it's called a happy watch. And it has like a corgi on it because I love corgis. And no, I brought this to a watch event and they were like, oh my God, what <laughs> is this? I love this. And I was like, it's, I don't know, it's, it's like this quartz, like little brand called Happy Watch and they have like cats and whatever animal I was like, I love a corgi. So I wanted the corgi one. And they were like, this is so cool. And they were just like mind blown about it. Uh, over everything else you know and so it's it's very fun to be able to show things like um like that to people that i guess may, maybe definitely wouldn't go for that
0: that's very cool i think you know southern california and um in la is is such a big and spread out place mm-hmm. that to your point you know it's it's you could really find yourself in different pockets. And we say that all the time. It could be about, you know, cuisine, right? Where do you want to eat? You know, it could be on the West side. It could be downtown. you could be in the Valley. Um, the same could be said of, of sort of like watch collecting too. I think, you know, in certain areas, I think, you know, you're, you're probably going to find some of the same collecting mentality that you just described. We're like, Oh, okay. It's like really geared towards a particular brand or only mm-hmm. a few certain brands or really want to show some things off. And then all of a sudden you find a different group or a different area. And you're like, Oh wait, maybe they're a little bit different too. It's, just, it's such a big place that you end up yeah. finding what you like. And mm-hmm. um, so it's not monolithic, I guess, but at the same yeah. time, there's a lot of places you could find yourself.
2: Yeah, definitely. It's, it was, yeah, very eye-opening. I think the first watch event me, my boyfriend went to, he was like, he went by himself before I I moved here Um, and then we went together and he was like, Oh, so what'd you think? And I thought, well, it's it's very different. It's a very different crowd. (laughs) Like not, not bad. It's not bad. It's just, it's just different. You know, I was used to like the Denver meetups and and all those people and all those kind of chats. So it's, yeah, it is different, but it's still really fun. And I always look forward to whenever we have a, a get together and yeah. Um, as far as, like, a favorite place AD, um, I would have to go with Feldmar as well. They have a great selection. It's fantastic. Um, Jimmy is fantastic. If you don't know Jimmy, you you should hit him up. He's great. And follow his Instagram. His Instagram makes me want a 221 Grand Seiko uh,
0: all the time. He, he, has, he has nearly incepted me many times.
2: Ugh, it, the way he takes pictures of that thing, I'm just like, I think I need one. Yeah. But I don't, but yeah, so <laughs> but I do. But I, I
0: don't.
2: <laughs> so I, I love their, um, I also love West time. I have to plug West time. I, I work for West time as well. We're, we're um, Breitling's a partnership with West time. So love West time as well. Um, mm, they have a pillar, other, a
0: pillar of the community out here for sure.
2: Yeah. They have another um, great selection of everything from the Grand Seiko tag to Debithune, which is like mind blowing to look at. I know I will probably never be able to afford one one day, but they are just insane to look at MBNF, amazingness. So yeah, there's a lot of things to look at. Um, they, it's really, it's really cool that they converted upstairs and downstairs uh, of West time at Rodeo. So upstairs is going to be like pre-owned like Richard Mill, High like, tech really high high level stuff, um, because that's kind of where they saw the market going. Yeah, and so they're like, well, let's do something about that. People are looking for it, asking for it. Why not do it? So um, they haven't opened upstairs yet. They should be opening in a few weeks or so. Um, but it's it's really cool to see that. So there's all there's a lot in west time going on right now.
0: Please let us know, and maybe we could stop over and say hey if you're in the area yeah. too.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. I'm literally right next door. So, you can definitely
1: swing on by, yeah, we'll reciprocate by putting you on the short list for breakfast club when we start doing that again <laughs> we'll we'll yeah. we'll tell you about that offline, but that's okay. it's much more um it's it's basically normies you know that uh, that get together like once a month over breakfast and oh, uh, yeah yeah it's and it's people you know trust me you you it's people you follow, yeah, for sure, here in southern california well you've kind of alluded to it a couple times and in, in terms of, you know, like, okay, we're having Westheim build out, you know, for investment class, ultra ultra premium, ultra high end. Um, we've kind of alluded to the fact that there's a lot of hype. There's a lot of negativity in some spaces, right? So this is yeah. going to be my question, right? With the the watch world being so crazy right now with, like we said, stuff like pricing and availability and access. Things that, you know, were available two years ago that now you just can't get. Um, even, you know, if you have the money, it's not even a question of, you know, do you have cash or not? It's just, you can't have it in a lot of cases. Um, there's a lot of hype, a lot of flexing. What does that feel like for a younger watch collector? I mean, my perspective on it is very different as somebody in my fifties, but you know, for somebody like you, I don't want to say starting out, but you know, who's, you know, clearly younger and in, in our hobby, like, is that daunting? Do you, do you not care? Like, how does it feel?
2: it's sometimes really disappointing to have that feeling of, I will probably never get this watch at the price that it should be, or, you know, the waitlist craziness. It, it can be really disappointing. Um, One of the things I, I would love to get one day is just a basic Rolex OP, but that's kind of impossible in this climate. And that's, yeah, it sucks because it's, a very basic watch be, you know, 15 years ago, you could walk in and get one and no problem. You would get it for like 5,000 or whatever, which one, what size you're looking for. I want a 36, like, like you were saying. Um, but it, it just, it kind of re- just refrains you from that brand anymore of like, well, they don't care. They don't, you know, they're, they're not going to sell to me it's just never gonna happen, and so your your dream kind of gets put on hold. Of like, okay, maybe one day when the craziness stops—I don't know when that will happen—maybe I could get one. Same with like AP. I would actually really like like a 34 millimeter, Oak. I really like 34 millimeter size, style, case, everything. Um, but I just don't think it's gonna happen because it's just they're so obsolete. Um, you know, they only sell to certain people, and so. Yeah, it it does refrain me from looking at those brands, even though I can appreciate them. It's just, it puts a bad, bad, uh, bad feeling overall in, in the watch community. I feel like they should be, you know, very open to everybody. That's what's really nice about the community. You meet everybody, different like walks of life, where they're at in their life and all that kind of stuff. But then... It just gets totally put on hold because the hype and the craziness that is twenty twenty two.
0: That's an interest. That's interesting. So I think it's between the three of us. I think we cut three different eras, really. And so, like, I imagine Matt knows a time where you literally could walk into a Rolex ad and there was things sitting in a on the shelf, and, and there might have even been discounts on some things. <laughs> you know, when I got my GMT Master Two, my sixteen seven ten. I think I just caught it before the wave really got crazy. And, and and there's to your point I never right now it just would be cost prohibitive like maybe I could stretch and do it but it just wouldn't feel good. And when mm-hmm. I bought it it felt fine. Mm. And um and then like you said now you're just at this point where you're just like I want that but it just doesn't make sense.
2: No. Yeah, I remember I was on the hunt for it's it is just harder to find. It was the 34 mm purple OP.
0: And mm, love that
2: one. I love one. it. Yes. Yeah. I love it too. And I went to like eighties here in LA when I was visiting. This was just when I was in college. Um, was in LA visited nothing. We were in Vegas, went to every single Rolex dealer. Nobody had it. Um, I went to Denver into their AD and nobody had it. So it was like, it kind of hit me. I was like, I'm just never going to find this watch. Like, unless it's like pre-owned, somewhere online maybe but at the same time they weren't they're not selling it for what it's worth and it's used so it's like why would I pay over it doesn't make any sense so that kind of refrained me from stop like I still love that watch if it ever pops up maybe I can get it but it refrains me from like dreaming about (laughs) like actually obtaining it it's just so out of my reach that it I don't care about it much anymore
0: yeah yeah I can actually, I could appreciate that. I remember, um, I think I've told this story recently. I can't remember. Matt stopped me if I already did. But after, not too long after I got my my, my GMT Master 2, my other dream watch was a, was a Jeune, you know, the chrono, Chronometre Bleu. And uh, I'm like, wow, I think if I really stretched myself, but also kind of, you know, to save for a little while, put my money where it should be, blah, blah, blah. I think I could do it. And this is when it was still at list, you know, and um, I remember I went into the the boutique on sunset and they started inviting me to events and I felt so out of place, but it felt, it still <laughs> felt comfortable though. You yeah. know what I mean? Cause like you said, there was just people, you know, next to me who would, you know, a journe collector, but he was a contractor and he was doing really well for himself, but he loved journe. He had a ton of journes and like, yeah. we just talked and, 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 and Francois Paul's um, son was there one time and he was, it was just normal. It was just very normal. And I'm like, okay, I think I just got to push a couple more years and I think I can stretch and make it happen. And then all of a sudden I was like, nope, nope, no, that's not happening. And now mm-hmm. it's just like out of my, totally out of my world. I'm like, ah, mm-hmm. I can appreciate it from afar now.
2: Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's, yeah. So overall I feel like it's, may, I have that glint of hope still. Okay, yeah. maybe one day, not in the foreseeable future, but maybe one day I could, I can get it. I could get these brands that I do appreciate from afar, but right now I, you know, I don't have, the best look on it because it's just I'm, I'm going to get just not the best experience or not going to get charged the right amount so it is what it is but i still that as a young collector that makes me just want to look at different brands and not go for the hype, which I feel when you're first starting out, that's what you instantly go to. You think of Rolex. Okay. Everybody has a Rolex. I need a Rolex. And then you realize I can never get one right now. So what's the point? Let me look at microbands. Let me look at just very random things that have great quality and great look to them that I personally would rather get than anything else, you know?
1: So what are some of
0: those things? What are some of those things now that sort of maybe you're like, oh, that is pretty cool. You know, like what stands out to you, I guess, because Matt and I were having a similar discussion, I think the last episode, like, hey, if you have to turn away from XYZ brand because it's not available or it's too hyped or you're just not into it anymore, like what are the alternatives? I'd love to we'd love to hear what, what some of your suggestions might be.
2: Honestly, it's kind of whatever just pops, pops to me. Right. And that's like kind of the, the negative thing about Instagram is seeing so many of these watches. It's like overload. And you're like, oh, I could get this. I could get this. But I really just appreciate like micro brands and what they're what they're doing, making their watch on their own terms and not necessarily following anybody else's footsteps. It's their own thing. I really I just really like Astron Banks lately, what they've been doing. I think um, my one of my favorite dials is like that mint that mint dial it's like bluish. It's really cool. Love that one. Um, there, I just, whatever pops up in my, in my head. I mean, I probably have too many Seikos, but I like (laughs) Seiko. I I really do enjoy Seiko what they, what they bring out. And, um,
0: can you have too many Seiko?
1: No.
2: (laughs) People will fight me on it. And then absolutely. There's two types of people that love Seiko or hate it. And I'm one of those that, I like it. I love it. There's not single one of my Seiko's look like the same. So that's, in my opinion, why I will still go for one. Like I just got um, a baby tuna that I absolutely love. It's the one with um, the penguin, penguin feet on it. It's really cute. I love it. Um, so so
0: cool. So cool. I just
2: go for whatever, whatever I want. I don't really, really go for whatever people are hyping into. I'd rather just go whatever looks good. Is it quality made? Perfect. I'll get it. No problem with that.
0: Make watch collecting fun again.
2: Absolutely.
1: I'm getting the hats made. <laughs> merch Perfect. merch shop next month. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I would I'll put a bow on this by saying I think this just sort of validates, Greg. I mean, here's somebody at a completely different kind of end of the age spectrum for me. From you, who, not from me. Yeah, yeah, not from you. You're you're in between. We I think she and I bookend you. Um, but you know, you, you essentially feel things and and perceive the trends the same way we do. I don't know that a brand like Rolex is going to lose brand equity, although maybe they should as part of this, you know, I mean, they're, they're considered to be one of the two or three top brand equity brands in the world, but it certainly this situation probably is going to cause brands like Omega and Breitling to pick up. And I think that can only be a good thing because they're, they're great brands. So, and to your point, you know, Sam, there's a lot of great micros. There's a lot of great, I wouldn't call Weiss Watch a micro, but you know, small brand. Independent. um, Fabulous stuff. Yeah. Yeah, We've had Cameron on. He's awesome. Um, yeah. So there's, how did we put it? You know, last time, Greg, there's, there's a port in this storm. You can, there's shelter for you if you want to hide from the hype.
0: Yeah. You just got to look. Totally. You yep, gotta yep. Look. Yeah. You got to put a little, you got to put a little elbow grease into it, right? You got to put a little energy, a little effort, and you got to be willing to do a little, get your hands dirty.
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, one place and this, I'm sorry, this is so cheesy, but it's the perfect kind of all the way back segue. You can do that on Watch Crunch, right?
2: Very true. You can look, there's, there is a lot of, a lot of things that people post that I've never seen. And like I was saying my, one of my first initial posts were asking about straps and what, where people get them. There were brands I had never heard of before. And I was like, I thought I was kind of good at this. I didn't even know. I didn't know about this. So, so it was really nice and, and opening. So yeah, definitely give it a, a look and, um, friend me. My name is, I think it's just Sam, just Sam. That's my, my username. So you can find me pretty easy.
0: <laughs> Sam, where, where can people find you? I know you have a couple different, you know, um, you know, avenues for content and, and places that you interact. So Give us, give us the rundown where we can find you on all the, all the channels.
2: Yes. You can find me on WatchCrunch at Sam. And then on Instagram, I am Sam and her watch box altogether. Um, see my daily memes sometimes or, uh, whatever watch I'm feeling that to post. So yeah. And then every once in a while, I, I have a YouTube channel that I sometimes do, um, reviews on. It's kind of dead right now. I have. I have like quite a good amount of views on my videos, but like, I don't know, I haven't got the time to do it. But I kind of want to get back into it is my point. So if you want to follow me on YouTube, it's just my name, Sam Springlemeyer. So just follow me there.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I've I've learned uh, recently and quickly that um, video is a lot of work.
2: It is. It's just the editing. And then I like I'm such a perfectionist that I like it's the the, the acting theater side of me that I just want to get it perfect the first take and it never happens. And I'm just like, ugh, this is going to take me like 20 minutes to edit.
1: <laughs> uh, that's what the, the human part of it, we hardly ever edit stuff here. And I think that it's, you know, it just adds texture. It's fine. Yeah. Well, hey, let's do this. We've been going for just over an hour. Why don't we just do our final notes real quick and <clears throat> uh, and wrap this up and, and give you guys the rest of your evening back.
2: Sweet. Sounds good. Why
0: don't you lead us off then, Matt?
1: All right, cool. Well, for myself, I have, I don't know if you guys are going to see this, but we talk about our friend at Hovig's all the time. This is Hovig's Supply House. I got, and actually Greg was kind enough to actually facilitate this for me. I saw this and had Greg pick it up when he went and did a trip, but this is like the world's biggest loop. What? <laughs> That's <thing's> awesome. <laughs> this that thing's yeah. so cool. So this is... This is uh, from, it's a Swiss made and it's a really, really nice, um, you know, piece of kit that the optical clarity is incredible. And for people like me, you know, where my, my close in vision is starting to suffer a little bit with age, this thing is massive. So, I mean, you can really get in here and the, the optical clarity on it is incredible. It is not cheap, but, um, I find it very helpful. So this is Uh, and I don't know if this is the brand name or the company, I probably should have taken better notes, but it's A S C O Asco Swiss made. This loop is probably seriously like two inches in diameter and it's just incredibly, uh, well-made. So plan on spending it's, it's North of a hundred bucks for a, a, you know, a regular loop and it's got nothing, nothing fancy, no lighting or anything like that, but it's, it's a good piece of kit for sure. Thing looks like Hovigs. a shot glass.
0: It's yeah, awesome. that's
2: yeah, what I kind of thought yeah. it was at first. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well, yeah, we're doing, we're ripping condition. shots to, rip, to, to wrap this up. So uh, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> Sam, have you been to Hovig's before?
2: No, I haven't. I need to.
0: You definitely need to, um, you know, let Natalie know when you're swinging by or, you know, there's usually somebody there that we know that's in the shop at some point, but you would, okay. you would be a, a in a it's strap heaven, strap heaven, um, tool heaven. She's got everything. I love it. Um, Sam, do you want to share anything?
2: Let me see. Okay. So oh. I've been into some new strap brands lately and mon straps are something ah. that you definitely need to check out.
0: Okay. So this is the stamp of approval I needed. Cause I've had it literally in the cart. Go on.
2: You need to, they have, it's really good quality. I've been into the suede strap. It's not for everybody, but they have every type of strap that you need, every size, which is nice. But I am personally loving the suede aspect of of the straps and they're just look good on so many things. We have one that's, um, we put on our grand Seiko that looks phenomenal. Um, I ordered one for my, my little Seiko baby tuna one that is going to match the dial really well. So give it a shot. Let me know what you think. They're definitely worth checking out and they're, they're not, I mean, they're not crazy. It's definitely like more, a little bit more than say, I don't know, cheapest uh, NATO strap or something, but it's, they're going to last. And so that's what, you know, what you want.
0: That's what I needed to hear. It's, it occupies that space where it's more than the, the really budget end and you're not like hodinky shop level. Like you're, you found that sweet spot of like, you're paying enough, but you're getting quality. And that's what I was curious about.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: Exactly. Perfect. Okay. You got me. I'm in. Um, you know, we don't do a lot of sports talk here, and that's probably maybe by that's probably quite fine by Matt, unless it's <laughs> F1. I don't think he really wants to talk sports, right?
2: No sports.
1: Accurate. Okay. Why? Well, you know what? I mean, I follow some, but I'm I'm I have two you know daughters, and that's just sports is just not huge in this house. So I I seek shelter in Formula One and and <laughs> uh, endurance racing and stuff like that. Anyway, go ahead, Greg.
0: All right. Well, I've got a cool article and it doesn't matter if you really follow sports or not, but it's on the Atlantic. And I think I've, I love the Atlantic by the way. They have always such, their writers are so good. So Tom Brady retired, I guess, officially what today? Yeah, was that? I guess. Right. Yeah. We're recording on a Tuesday, I think. Um, that's a whole nother thing, right. About social media and journalism these days, everybody rushed to announce it. And then, and then Tom got ex- upset because it wasn't on his own terms. Right. That's a whole thing. But, as that was leaking last week, there was an article uh, written on The Atlantic, the author's name, and I'll link it and I'll send it to you guys too separately, but um, Derek Thompson, the name of the article is The Most Amazing Statistical Achievement in U.S. Sports History. And the point was he was looking to identify the most crazy, crazy athletic achievements that have happened. And and his, his sort of criterion was what person holds a record that's like fifty percent better than the next person, right? So like, just stupid people that are like insanely better than the rest of their competition. And so obviously Brady fits into that. Seven Super Bowls, nobody else has more than five. Blah blah blah. I think his completion percentage, um, or, or the his his his, his uh, uh, the amount of times he's been in in the divisional championship game is more than like the best highest completion percentage of anybody. You know, like all this crazy stuff. So all of them, there's baseball, he goes to baseball, basketball, hockey, all these different things. So read it. You're going to, it's not a, it's not a long read, you know, a couple minutes. It's, it's very easy, but I'll leave you with this. And I'm not a huge NHL person, but, and people who follow hockey probably already knew this, but it just, it drives home how crazy some of these people and some of these records are Wayne Gretzky, right? The legend, the legend, right. Of, of LA fame. Uh, All time leader, you probably, you guys probably already know this, but just to see it written out was crazy. All time leader in goals, all time leader in assists, therefore, all time leader in points for, you know, which is, of course, a combination of goals and assists. If he had never scored a goal in his entire career, he'd still be the all time NHL leader in points.
2: Insane.
0: Crazy. It's, Amazing. it's just like so cool. The okay. whole article is chock full of stuff. Wilt Chamberlain, Joe DiMaggio, Babe Ruth, Tom Brady. Um, it's a fun read. It'll blow your mind in some ways and some of it will be familiar and some of it will be new.
2: I love that. I love how you ended on the hockey note. I'm a huge LA Kings fan. I have, Perfect. I have a retro Gretzky jersey that I wear to every game that made me really happy. I love this. I time. would like to <laughs> say I planned
1: it. I did not, but it makes me happy. I love it. Right on, well, hey, that's a good note to end on then. You guys, it's been fun. Sam, thanks for coming on. I will definitely be spending more time checking out Watchbox and checking out the videos on YouTube. So we appreciate you uh, sharing your insights. It's been cool.
2: Yeah, thank you guys for having me. It's been a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Go Kings, go.
1: Absolutely, cheers.
0: We hope you enjoyed the episode. Don't forget to rate us on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help. You can find us on Instagram at spirit of time Podcast and contact us at spiritoftimepodcast at gmail.com.
1: As always, please drink responsibly. Thanks again for listening. We'll see you next time.